God's gotten a hold of me lately and has had me evaluating kind of what I have in my house, what I'm holding on to, what I'm keeping, what I'm using, and if I'm using it well. Now, I know you millennials know all about this. This is your wheelhouse, the minimalist living, the uh, buy it as you need it kind of mentality. And that works really well when your finances are sound and you can afford things. (laughs) But it doesn't always work when there's a lot of demand and a little budget. Well, today we're going to talk about stewardship. And that's where it started. But God has taken me on a journey that I'm going to share with you. So... This is Living Brightly with Elaine Cross. Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. So I was going through my house, and I have a fairly large house for the number of people who live here. My husband and I have this house because we have seven children. Now, we do not have seven children living at home anymore. Uh, We have one child living at home who will probably be at home for a good long time. She's my youngest special needs daughter. But we still have a lot of stuff. And I can make excuses. You know, I have ADD and it's just not my strong suit. But that's just an excuse. I'm responsible to take care of the home, especially as a stay-at-home, work-from-home wife and mother. The wife wants the house to be the way she wants it to be. And we create a home that becomes the castle for the husband and family. A castle they want to defend and come home to. A place that's inviting and warm and safe and fun. And to be honest, my house wasn't much of any of that. So the Holy Spirit really got on me because I have these extra bedrooms that I haven't really set up as extra bedrooms. Now, I have my craft stuff and some of my miscellaneous things in one room. And, you know, we use them for different things. The grandkids wanted to come over. And I had to really work to make space for them to spend the night. And it was a joy to have the grandkids over. So that really got me thinking. And God took advantage of that thinking. And I am on a mission to be a better steward of what God has already blessed me with. Because we can't live for tomorrow. Or, I mean, you can. You can always have your eye on tomorrow. But you'll miss today. Likewise, you could keep your head in the past focus on what was, but again, you miss today. What we are given is the gift of today. So we have to use what God has already given us and where God has placed us so that when God is ready to move us, we can move. (laughs) Speaking of moving, that was a big key. We said we would move from this house when the second from youngest, got out of college. Well, he graduated several years ago. And maybe part of it was the two youngest that moved out recently bought homes. They're settled. 
They're not coming home. Not that that was really something that I ever saw them doing anyway once they moved out. So what does it mean to be a good steward? What does it mean to live today in a responsible, godly way, not a selfish, carefree, c'est la vie kind of, ah, it's all good, let's just live for today and we'll take care of the rest tomorrow. (laughs) No, let's take care of today as a good steward with a mind that, yes, tomorrow will come and that we have been where we have been. But today is the gift. Tomorrow's the maybe. Well, I found three major areas, but the first and the one that hit me the most was me as an individual, you as an individual. You know, we will stand before God as individuals and make a statement of our faith, of our belief, who we trust in. Do we trust in Jesus Christ? Do we trust in God? Do we believe God created the heavens and the earth and all that we have and blessed us with all that we have? And we will give an account for our life. Every person will stand before God and give an account for their life. And your deeds and your actions and your even your idle words that were spoken. That's a very individual activity. So going through this, you know, I'm, I'm sorting through things. And I have this idea that, well, maybe I'll need it someday. Or... I used to really like this, and I don't know that I want to give it up yet. Well, there's a fine line between being a good steward (laughs) that fits between being a hoarder and being a flagrant, flippant, oh, well, you know, if I need another one, I'll just buy another one. No. If I have a pair of scissors that are a good pair of scissors, I'm not throwing the scissors away. But, you know, if I have things. One of the things that I have was when my children were younger and I was buying a lot of gifts, I had gift bags that I had made out of cloth. And I used those because it was easy and it was cheaper to have gift gift bags that were cloth bags. I'm not talking about the paper gift bags that you have to throw away anyway. You may as well just have wrapping paper. It's cheaper. Wrapping paper is cheaper than a paper gift bag. But these were cloth gift bags that I had sewn and I wash and I keep in a drawer and I had a whole drawer full of them. And I decided I don't use them very much and I don't really want to use them very much right now. And yes, if in some point in time I want to make a gift bag for someone, I have the skill set. I know how to do it. I can do it. If I want to make a side hustle out of that and I want to craft gift bags and sell them at a craft store or sell them on eBay or something, I could do that. But for right now, for today, for where I am right now, it's just not something I need. So I have decided to give those up and donate those to a local charity. Allow someone else who is in a position that I have found myself in before. I was a single mother of four trying to make life as normal comparatively, but it was no longer a time that I needed that. And there's probably somebody out there that does. So I'm going to let it go. I'm going to say, God, just bless these with somebody else and go on. So how 
have I learned to be a good steward of myself as an individual? One of the first things that I really encourage you to do that I have done is spend time with God and confront the lies and the stinking thinking that you have. And this is a process. This isn't something that can be done in a day. It takes time. And I say that kind of wrong in that it can be done in a day, but it can be, it has to be done in layers. It takes a little time. Um, when I've confronted some lies about who I was and what I was believing about my value and my worth, um, I felt very devalued as a woman. And I have some trauma that led me to believe that I was just less than. And I know a big part of that was just my enemy, the devil, trying to get me to think less of myself. And I'm not I'm not arrogant, at least I don't think I'm arrogant, but I'm, I'm certainly not the same person that I was. But it takes some one-on-one healing from God to confront some of the lies and manipulation that the world, your enemy, your human enemies put on you that you can come to believe. And that's really a one-on-one with God. Another thing is I needed to renew my mind by studying and memorizing scripture. You know, you can renew your mind, make your mind think better, process better, know how the world really works because you know how God created it to work through his word. You also need to tend to the care and the health of your body, soul, and spirit. So, you know, I've talked a little about your soul your mind, your will, your emotions, that's confronting some of the lies the enemy has told you. Your spirit certainly renewing your mind through memorizing and studying scripture, prayer. But your body is important too. So taking good care of your body, not eating whatever you want and not avoiding exercise at all costs and being mindful to rest. We were made for Sabbath. God ex- showed us Sabbath long before there was any kind of law, long before there was any kind of rule, long before there was any big, busy society to keep us going, 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 going. God created the Sabbath rest, the rest, the the stopping from doing so that we can remember and lean into our provider. So using our talents, using our treasure, using our time that we currently have right here, right now, and resting, taking care of our body. That's all an individual, you know, stewardship, being a good steward of yourself as an individual. Now, I have scripture verses for all these things. I have lots of notes that you can get on the website, elainecross.com, and you will find this initially on the front page, but if you're listening to it later, it will be episode 29 or stewardship. And this is timeless. These are things that need to be done, even though this is a place God has me right now as an individual. I am going through how I spend my time, how I spend my talent, and and what I do with my treasures. What do I do with this stuff that God has blessed me with over the years? Um, And any of these things can become an idol. You can make exercising your body an idol. You can make 
keeping your house so clean, it becomes an idol to where you can't even focus if your house isn't spotless in a certain way. You can focus on yourself so much that you forget everything else in your world. All of this needs to be done in balance. So you can go to elainecross.com and see the show notes for this show and you'll get all the, the scripture verses and everything to back all this up. But the next major area that came to mind thinking about a steward is we are stewards in a community. We live in community. We're created to live in community. And how we handle that needs to be honorable and as a good steward of community. I know a young woman who recently got a job that is so completely out of where she was working before. It kind of threw her off because she was really good at what she had been doing, but it was at a point where she needed to make some changes. So she started looking at different jobs within her same field, but not in her same niche, if you will. Think of a server in a restaurant. The server in the restaurant serves the food. Now, maybe that server would want to be the the cook, or maybe the server would want to run the restaurant, or maybe the server wants to um, buy a franchise. And let's say that being a server is actually a highly skilled job and you need a college degree, and what she's doing is very important. She was very user-end, working with the actual customers who were looking for a, a a product to meet the need of their situation. And she would help them with the product. She would get the product set up and then they would call her if she had any, if they had trouble and then she would send them to the appropriate wherever, you know, the warranty center for the product that they bought or whatever. This new job is like at the far other end of product development. So where a server serves the food that's already cooked It's almost as if now she's running an organic niche farm. You know, an organic farm that grows high quality herbs or grass-fed meat. You know, it's it it does one thing and it does it really well, or a couple things, it does it really well. But it's so far removed from the actual customer that uses the product because there's lots of stages in between. So she has shifted to this extreme end and she is excited and she she's confident i mean she's got her master's degree and she's got a lot of real life experience with the end user you know she knows a lot of people who eat food and she's fed them food <laughs> now she's at the very beginning and as she got settled in, and by settled in, I mean like three or four weeks. She, she came to find out that the position had been open for a period of time, a long period of time, a couple of years, because they had put people in that position, three people, I believe, if my story is correct, into that position that just didn't work out. The service that they're providing, the, you know, the farm they're running is very specific. So they'd hired other well-established organic farmers, let's say. But they brought their 
knowledge and their experience with them, which kind of kept them doing the same thing they had always been doing, and they weren't making any improvement. And it was very important that if they didn't get this right, they were going to go out of business. This was really, really important. And having good, healthy food is really, really important. This isn't in farming. I'm just using farming as an example, because it's kind of complicated, the field that she's in. And it's a very specialized. At a conference, they told her, you are so fresh and you treat us in a totally different way than anyone else has ever handled this. And that's because she didn't bring any old habits, old ideas, old methodologies with her to this job. She came into this job completely fresh, completely new eyes, and from a end user perspective. She had dealt with the actual, let's say, person eating the food, (laughs) was now in charge of how the food was grown, not just harvested, not just marketed, not just purchased by a chef and stored and cooked and presented. I mean, there's a lot of steps between where she was and where she is now. But because she didn't know anything, she was open to ideas. She was asking questions and asking for suggestions. And what do you think is good? And what do you think we should do? And what are the things you have tried? And what are some things we, we should think about? And most employees have ideas and have suggestions, but they're not always solicited by the people in charge. And she was validating that she didn't have those. And they had some that were probably pretty good. So she developed this team. She developed this community in a way that had never been developed before. It's like the people were all in the room, but they were never really working together. They were never validated in their ideas and their suggestions. And she needed all the ideas and suggestions she could get. Now, she was ultimately in charge, and the the pressure is ultimately on her. She's in charge of running the farm, right? <laughs> but even the stable hand has ideas of better ways to, I don't know, keep the stables clean, because he cleans the stables every day, even though, you know, he doesn't buy the cow, and he doesn't slaughter the cow, and he doesn't cut the cow into steaks, Right? He has some good ideas and they should probably be listened to because the cleaner, the happier the cow, well, the better the steak, right? The second way that we are stewards is part of a community. So there's four things here as well. And again, they're all on the website, but you take these skills, talents, and treasures, your intelligence, the gifts that God has given you, all of this, and use it to the best of your ability in service to others. Although as an individual, we have to care for our time and talent and treasures. As part of a community, we have to use our skills and our talents and our treasure and our time to serve God's other children. A community can really blossom when everyone uses their time and their talent, their gifts, their intelligence in service to others. 
because as we work together, even in a, a hunter-gatherer tribe, the men hunt together, they plant together, they gather together so that everybody can be fed and everybody can have skins to make clothing from, make homes from. It's a very subsistent level of living, but it still benefits in a community because when you have seven men go out and hunt together versus one person out hunting by himself all the time, it's less effective. The second part of being a good steward in community is affiliating yourself, especially the person you choose to be your mate, with people who are striving to know and serve God like you are. People who are going in the same direction, if you will. And sometimes that means we have to let people fall out of our life. And those people will often fall out of our life anyway. And we can't look back and strive to get those people back into our life. We need to honor the time that we had with them. And if they're unsaved, pray for them or maybe try to to reach out to them a little bit. But we have to move forward. And God will always put new people, new situations, new challenges in your life as you use what he has given you, as you're a good steward of what he has given you, and continue to do the best you can do. God will always open more doors and provide more opportunity. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Certainly this young woman, this, this has been a challenge. It's hard to go to job to a job every day knowing you don't know anything, you know, or, or you feel like you don't know anything. And yet what she knew was exactly what they wanted and exactly what they needed. The third part of being a good steward in community is administer earthly and monetary resources with wisdom. Now, the earth has a plethora of resources that God has has given us to utilize. And there are people in this world who have made the environment a God and they worship at the feet of the earth. And that's not how God created it, but we are to tend the earth. We are to take care of the earth, which means, yes, we can drill for oil, but we have to be wise in how we drill. And we've learned a lot. They used to strip mine where they would just tear the whole mountain aside apart to pull out the elements and the minerals that they wanted. And then they would leave it a barren landscape that was very hard to regenerate or grow trees or grow grass or anything. It was just a wasteland of rocks that were not exposed before. And we have learned and are much more careful in our mining processes to not damage and leave the earth unusable for other things, certainly even just for the animal life and the plant life. Being a good steward of the natural resources that we have is very important, but we can and should use them. It's a sign of community working together that allows us the freedom to develop the things that we've been able to develop. Certainly in the Western world, the United States, which has been developed and built on the Judeo-Christian 
framework. It is so ingrained in our society and who we are that even the people who hate the way America is recognize and want some of the Judeo-Christian ideals that our country is built on. And a big part of that is the freedom to build community together that benefits each other. We do things because they benefit community. God shared this with me. I don't have to share it with you, but I want to share it with you because that's one of the things that God has called me to do as part of community is to share this these challenges and these things he puts me through (laughs) with you so that you in turn can learn and grow and use them in your own life. And I'm going to take a minute here and just say, this is a value for value podcast. If you are getting value from it, if this is used by God to challenge you in any way or to help you grow or to encourage you, I would ask that you turn that value that you're getting into a number Go to elainecross.com slash donate and make a donation to help support the production of this show. We spend a lot of our money, a lot of our time, and a lot of our energy on things that bring us joy, but don't necessarily bring us closer to God or bring us closer to each other or change the world in a better way. And I'm not saying you can't do that. You, you want to go to a baseball game? Go to a baseball game. It'll cost you about 75 bucks. You want to go to a football game? Go to a football game. It'll cost you about 100 bucks. You know, you want to go out to a movie? Well, that's $25 minimum. If it's dinner and a movie, it's at least 50. And enjoy that. If you're enjoying this, just turn it into a number. And I'm not going to tell you what that number is. That's between you and God. That's between you and your budget. That's that's you. I'm not going to put a limit on God, and I'm not going to put you in a box to where you can't fit. Turn it into a number. Go to elainecross.com slash donate. There's several different ways to make a donation. I'm working on getting a couple more. And provide your value from the value that I'm providing to you. Well, we have one more facet let's say, three facets of being a good steward. And of course, the third is the Great Commission. Jesus said that all authority in heaven and earth was given to him. And then we, in turn, are commissioned by him to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he commanded us. Well, what did Jesus command us? Love God, love others. That's pretty simple. And yet, it can be kind of scary. Being a good steward of the Great Commission is vital to our walk. And how that looks for each of us is a little different. But there are four basic steps. Know your assignment, right? We're to disciple nations, we're to baptize, we're to teach. Now, I teach, I talk to people about God, and a lot of that is sharing what God's doing in my life. I am hoping that in some part, this is a discipleship for you, that you learn. Disciple is like student, grow in knowledge and wisdom. So know your assignment, but know that it's unique to you. It's not the same as everybody. Be faithful in what you have. That's the second part. God has given you 
a gift God has called pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, healers. There's all kinds of gifts. There's all kinds of ways to use what God has given you. And the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to use in the Great Commission. And don't look at what you don't have. Look at where God is calling you. Number three, listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will encourage you to to talk to someone, to listen to someone, to go somewhere, to give something. Listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he's prompting you to do. The Holy Spirit will lead you to places and then God will equip you as you go. He will give you more as you use what you have, right? Being a good steward, if I'm not using a lot of this stuff, and even if I think, oh, someday maybe I would use it, it's better for me to donate it to someone else, to give it to someone else, or to sell it to someone else, so that they can use it. It doesn't do anybody any good to have stuff just sit on the shelf that I haven't touched in 10 years. Well, God has given you a gift. Use the gift you have. If it's making music, if it's encouraging people at work, if it's sharing the gospel and telling people about God. We <laughs> we have a podcast coming up that's unbelievable how there are people that are called to evangelize, to tell people about Jesus, to talk to people about God, and God will use them no matter what situation they're in. We had another dinner with the guys, and it is very mind-blowing considering what some people in the church will tell you that or even maybe what your enemy will tell you that you have to have your life together and you have to have everything perfect in your life to tell somebody else about Jesus and that is the furthest thing from the truth because God wants to use you right where you are but fourthly connect with other disciples to encourage you to help you grow and to Share your testimony with the New Testament church. They gathered together, they worshiped, and they shared testimony. Now, I know that's not how we do church in America these days. And maybe that should change. But I'm okay with the way we do church. Because I have you to talk with. I have you to share my stories with. I have you to share my testimony with. Has God been working on me? You better believe it. He has worked on me with this great commission for a while, which is why I started this podcast, which a friend pushed me into. Before that, I was blogging, and I have a lot of blog posts I need to get back up on my website. But this is where I I really feel called. You might not feel called to that. That's okay. God has worked on me as being a good steward in community. And, you know, I work from home. I have to be intentionable intentional about being in community with actual people on the physical level. And I love the community that we have here. But most of all, God has been working on me as being a good steward as an individual. What am I doing with my stuff, myself, my time, my talents right here where I live? And I have been working really hard Part of the reason this it's been a while since the last podcast, because I'm just, God has given me fresh eyes, if you will, 
to look at things that are around me, look at the people that he's put in my community and my passion for sharing it with you. And I hope this has inspired you in some way to look at your stewardship and, and how you care for and manage the things that God has put in your life. I do have a definition of stewardship that I want to read you real quick because I think it is important. The Merriman Webster definition of stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. What has God entrusted you with? Dictionary.com defines stewardship as a person who acts as the surrogate of another or others, especially by managing property, financial affairs, an estate, etc. Again, a surrogate of Christ. That's who you are. You are standing in his place. You are the only Jesus many will ever see. Wikipedia defines stewardship as the acceptance or assignment of responsibility to shepherd and safeguard the valuables of others. Who are you shepherding? What are you safeguarding? The only thing we take with us are other believers. And how we act as an individual, how we act in community, and how we share the Great Commission it all makes a difference. Thanks for joining me. This has been a powerful few weeks for me. I hope you have enjoyed it. Till next time.